Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. I designed Megan to protect Katie from feeling lonely. She will recognize you as her primary user. And when you do that, you're gonna pair with her. Crazy. It's insane, right? Oh, don't I look nice, biting my eyes, isn't it pure perfection? Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. One, two, three, four, I declare some more. I won't let anything harm you. I love her. Megan's not a person, Katie. You don't get to say that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Kel Smith. Joining me this week is Ryan B. What's going on, everybody? And Ryan, uh, just throwing it out there, what movie are we talking about this week? Uh, we are talking about the what, what, what will potentially be a cult classic and in some cases a camp classic for some people. Uh, we're talking Megan. Or as it's called in the, in the movie, a Model Three a generative android. That's a really long title, Ryan. So, <clears throat> but yes, or we are... Me, me, or Megan for short with the, with with the three replacing the e. See, Allison Williams's character like went. She did all the marketing for them. Everything like she not only built it, she did the marketing tactic as well so yeah, good for her yeah the, the 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 guy that's in charge is basically like elon where it's where where it's like where it's like i don't th- th- yeah this this might not be the safest idea but it's going to make me money it's going to make the company a lot of money so we're going to say fuck it and do it yeah basically <laughs> basically yeah uh so but yeah to just go right into it uh ryan what are your thoughts on megan um i liked it uh i do kind of wish wish they kind of had went a little further with the violence and the uh, which which i'm sure it's gonna we're gonna get to later apparently they had to it was shot as an r but apparently after either a trailer dropped or something of the of the likes they decided they saw that that, that it was popular on the tiktok and the instagram and the trailer was blowing up so they figured we've got a cut we've got extra money Let's let's reshoot some stuff and make it PG thirteen. It, it's it's fun. There's a lot. It's it's camp, and some of it actually does get emotional because I did not read up in advance what the movie was actually about. I just knew it's a killer robot and there's a dance and she sings. That's all I knew about it, knew about it going in. Allison Williams is actually very good in this movie, and pretty much. And yeah, like for me, it's very much like, and that's kind of like my my problem. It's like, you got this great trailer, actually great two trailers, because both trailers are like funny and wacky, but like, and they have like that Taylor Swift song. So it's just like, I never saw the trailer. Which song did they try to use? Which song did they use? (sighs) Something with a friend. I don't remember it. But it's just a Taylor Swift song, something with a friend. Um, but no, it's just like it's just like a great, like the great trailers that just pique your interest because you're because you would watch this in front of Halloween ends. That's where the trailer premiered. 
uh and people were just like what is this like you know like this isn't this is dumb so i think people were like hyping themselves especially since we're kind of in the period of oscar dramas oscar seriousness and 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 then then it's then it's let's see the killer robot movie that that does a funny dance and maybe sings yeah like even puss in boots uh that came out during christmas is like mortality it's about death you know this is this is about death too because the opening five minutes the dog the the spoiler alert your opening five minutes you have the uh the, the family getting killed right well but i mean like in a like thematic way like puss in boots like the whale all these movies that came out in the end even babylon is like in a way like this depressing movie so people were the end maybe the the last last half last three hours you know last three hours yeah yeah, i like that last three hours yeah well if if you find extreme drug use and uh and uh people peeing on each other and whatnot is as distressing go for it because there's a lot of crazy shit in that movie. Right. It's just... But for me, it's like... So I can tell, like, Megan was going to be a hit. Like, I can tell it's going to be, like, the small, nice opening... Opener for 2023. Um, and what I was hoping for was just a crazy, like, R-rated... You know, you know, just go nuts. Like, let's just have... Because, I mean, we got it with Malignant, you know. Yeah, this is from the same writer as Malignant. Yeah, and that movie is 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 pretty nuts. I mean, I was looking for like bad plot twists, you know. Um, I mean, I was like, I was all in. And the problem with Megan is that it really is a killer doll movie where the Gen Zs and maybe even younger are just like they. It's like somehow the trailer reached the youngest generation. Like that I, goes to the movies. I think that's why they they decided decided, and that's what yeah. Let's let's let, let's let's make this PG thirteen. Even though it still is pretty violent, it's not. This isn't like like where they toned it down, or I mean, they toned it down a bit. Or more of it's more of it's off screen, and there are a lot of like little <laughs> little homages to like Child's Play, and I think I caught some some Sam Raimi Evil Dead stuff in there. Like when they're when he's about to kill some or when excuse me wrong, wrong she pronoun. she when she is about to kill somebody that you get this weird uh, like like uh like 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 there's a big zoom uh, uh when she picks up a weapon which is like uh, an homage to like Evil Dead and Spider Man Two and just keep talking well yeah I mean it's just like um but yeah no it's just like you know but and that's all good and all but the problem is like it's all off screen like sam raimi like let's say the evil dad let's take the evil dead for example or did, did you ever see terrifier 2 no i'm no that, that, uh, if if you want a horror movie where all the violence is on screen and you have five minute kill scenes and the gore it goes into NC seventeen territory, I assume that's not what you wanted Megan to be. Would you want something when you're talking about like 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 how violent would you would you want it to take it? 
Oh, okay. So, uh, well, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but to answer your question, I would want it to be R-rated. Like, this is, I mean, it's a killer doll movie. Like, just have fun with it. Like, I mean, and also, I mean, if the, if you're going to have a scene where you're going to melt a person with, uh, I don't know, garden acid. Yeah. Um, just do it. Like, that sounds like the crazy, that sounds like a crazy idea. Just go for it. It's to me. It's not necessarily. I want people fainting in the aisles, like Terrifier Two, like what. Yeah, but I do think there is a sense of with Megan. There was a missed opportunity of. Let's just have fun, you know, watching these terrible people die. There's like this and fun meanness. It's, it's the old uh, George Romero thing. It's let's let of let's think of ways to kill people. Yeah, it's like and, the, in and, a fun way, like in a, yeah. in a fun way, not in, in a like, like torturous like, like, way. Like, like the Chucky TV show and the most recent Chucky movies were were those are fun. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, this is a killer doll movie. Like the girl dresses like in total like adult like business casual affair like. A fair mode. Well, it's it start it starts pretty much as an android, because the the Allison Williams character r- realizes, hey, uh, my my girl is kind of in in distress over the over the loss of her parents. Let me see if I can let's 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 try to make an alternative uh, alternative to it using AI, and it kind of works. And then and then it has a mind of its own. Like there's the, like there's the montage of of her trying to forgetting the flush the toilet and then Megan going over is like you it's like like go over and walk, flush that toilet don't don't forget don't forget to go wash your hands. I can't. Do yeah. Seriously, oh, no, I can't do it either. I I can't. Um, but no, it's just one. <laughs> but no, I I think Megan like it just needed to go further. Like I need it. Like if you're going to go batshit insane, uh, then go well, for it. Well, also the scene where the prick kid gets gets hit by the car. I kind of wanted to see. I I would have liked to have seen the impact. Either that, or to see, or to see like the aftermath. Even though yes, it would have gotten it an R rating. Hope apparently, according to the writer, an an unrated version it could be in the works. So come Blu-ray, 4K. VOD time, we could see like an unrated version where there is more on-screen terror. But like, well, when, I don't know like when that the, the kid that the kid that when they send her to like, I don't know, was that like an afternoon camp? No, it's like an outdoors like school camp. And 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 I, I would have liked to. Well, well, also, even though I guess there's no so they kind of allowed it but she does kind of rip that guy rip that kid's ear yeah and that that's that goes pretty far also i've noticed noticed too that there were a couple of moments where it sounded like they covered up some f-bombs like there's a scene where the the uh the, the head ceo is like get me a get me a get me a like a get me like a frappuccino and it almost sounds sounded like he was saying get get me a fucking frappuccino and it sounded like that there was a like a little audio thingy, so I, because they only had the one f bomb in the movie. Well, I think either Jason Blum or uh, Akila Cooper, I think that's her name, or 
Um, the screenwriter? Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of them mentioned that they did have, like, it was originally shot as, like, an R-rated, you know, gorier movie. But like we were mentioning earlier, uh, because it hits such a chord on TikTok, because the dance scene, the stuff with the kid, like, you could easily memify that and turn it into a TikTok video. Like, you could make those clips. So I think they were seeing the response of, like, the people who were responding to it, and they were like, it has to be for... But the problem, but the thing is, those same teenagers would have watched this movie regardless. They would have found ways. Yes. Would, uh... When did you say that the trailer dropped in, if you said it dropped in front of, uh, like, Halloween Kills, or, no, not Halloween Kills. Yeah, excuse me. Ends. That would have been like mid October, where they really have had had time, like a month to, to do reshoots, and then and then recut it into the movie. Um, maybe it's. I I do think they did. Like I do think someone. I th- I even think I read somewhere. I again I can't because this was all a week ago. Because I yeah. literally was reading this like after I watched the movie. Um, so. So, but they did do some reshoots, but it didn't get, I mean, if you watch the edits, like you can see, like they just cut it out. Like you can see that they probably, it didn't seem like, like, unless there were, there are alternate, a lot lot of it, the the stuff is off screen. Now, unless there are like alternate way or ways, it did, it seemed like it was more uh, chopping out to get the PG-13 and having to reshoot it. Unless, yeah. unless there were, unless like the setup was even nastier. If you get, if you get my drift. Oh yeah, no, I, I get it. But I mean, I think, yeah, they just kind of cut everything down and then just did pickups wherever needed. Because I remember a lot of this movie even takes place, like it looks like it takes place in the fall. And of course they would have had to done the reshoots in the fall. So it makes sense that, you know, everything just worked perfectly time-wise for them to just go out and just grab a few shots here. And I'm according, according to Wikipedia, this was shot in June, but because a lot of it was shot in New Zealand, I believe, I believe like the, the summer months over here are the right. winter months over there. Yes. So that would kind of be considered fall. Yes. Well, fall winter ish. Yeah. But yeah, and but yeah so with megan um to kind of get into the plot of it the thick of the plot of megan and also what i like too is that it was kind of like a uh, satire of cor- of uh corporations because like the corporations or the, the the main corporate guy is like is like yes this is this is the uh, he, he he's kind of like dismissive of the allison williams of uh, the Allison Williams character, it's like, like, what do you hear of uh, 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 Gemma? Yeah, yeah, that's her name, right? Gemma, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of demissive of her, and then he realizes, hey, hey, you, you created some, you created something. This could make me some money, because I think he, I think they do. Uh, she doesn't does it on her in her spare time, and then shows the guy the demo, and then the and then he really reacts to the demo. It's like, it's like. Yes, this is going to cost a fortune. Can you make how how soon how soon will this be ready for uh, uh, to put it in front of investors? Right. 
and, and and then you also had the the guy that was trying to steal the data, which they 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 kind of tackled, but it but it almost seemed like like if if there were if there is cut material, a lot of it w- more with a lot more of that would would deal with that. Probably, yeah. Um, trying to think of like what else. So, but no, like the and plot. What, was, what also surprised me too is that the. Megan was a combination of of a little girl, uh, the, uh, a totally separate voice. Some of it was CGI, and I think they they did say that some of it was was like an actual robot or android android that they built. Right. Well, they probably did like build like the top half of her to for close ups and whatnot. So, uh, so I was just, <laughs> so I think they were just trying, so I think they were trying to do close-ups and then they, you know, for the whites, they use a child and CGI, you know, for enhancement. Yeah. Especially on the face, because they w- ne- needed to get the face right. Yeah, kind of, it doesn't, well, it, I, well, also I think like, like, because it was a different shot, it was a different voice than what was Sometimes the lip sync looks a little weird, but I don't know what the deal is with that. Did you notice that? Um, that lip sync on on Megan seemed a little. Well, well, also it could be because it's an android and not, and not like a human. Right. I think it was just like it was just moving to, like simulate, um, simulate words, but it's just like. It it really is just nothing more than just her. It's just nothing more than just her like talking. It, it didn't bother. It didn't take me out of the movie because a it's an android. It's supposed to look a little fake. And it's and not. It, and and they didn't spend a hundred million dollars on it. They didn't spend James Cameron money. Oh yeah, James Cameron would have made sure that doll look amazing all the way through. James Cameron would have probably had motion capture. And I don't think this movie did motion capture at all. He would he no. would have he hell he would have brought like a, like a big Hollywood name. He would have brought like Sigourney Weaver, had her do the motion capture, and then put it on this Megan doll. Probably so. Okay, so with Megan, um, this whole so the thing that was really appealing to me about Megan that actually kind of surprised me was how well all the stuff with, you know, Gemma and her niece works. Like, all, like, the arc and how it flows and how, like, yeah, it's, it's, Allison it, it realizes, all, like... It does, it does, did seem like, like, like they put some time and effort into developing the story. It's not just about... Because some of these movies, they kind of for, either forget about the story or or it's just a very, very thin, thin bare plot because, because they... they, they I guess figure out that that people won't, don't want to see the plot; they just want to see the killer doll. Right. Well, I mean, they, it's for, but they interwoven her story, you know, through all this G- Gemma and her niece. And what's incredible about it is, it really does work. It's very effective, and it's a very good lesson. And it kind of works with like the capital uh, capitalist yeah, but... satire, and 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 where it's like. Like eventually, it's it's do you do you or do you obey the parents or do you obey the android? 
Right. But it's also like, you know, for Gemma's character, she has to learn, you know, how to emotionally relate and how to emotionally, you know, get to her, her niece, uh, her, her niece, Katie. So she has to, or was it a niece or was it like a bet, like a best friend's parents or like, like a best friend? No, Katie, um, is her niece. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, 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 while I'm at it, uh, the scene where 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 Megan decides to sing "Titania" by Sia and David Guetta, I I fucking lost it. Especially because I like that song, I adore that song, and when it's like like the first couple of note, notes, it's like holy shit, she's actually gonna be singing that. And some people in my theater actually did kind of sing along. Well, it's the way to look at this is you can look at that scene as very comedic or you can look at it as very um, sweet, sweet, but also very like horrifying because I think it's in the same scene where it's right after uh, they it's right after they kill the boy. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when she's trying to comfort like like. I didn't do that, and I think then, then, then once she's tucked in the bed, then she goes to try to kill the uh, the neighbor. Yeah, but uh, but also it could be considered terrifying because the 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 the, the AI learned learned a song, learned a song on her own. Because because uh, well, because she has Gemma easy access Gemma, to Gemma it. didn't didn't program that into her. And there's not like a scene in the movie where that where where you can hear Katie playing that song playing that song on like an iPhone or whatever kids use nowadays. Mm-hmm. Or Shazam or whatever. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So there. So I mean, it's a good. It's a really good scene. I do really think the more. I do really like the Ronnie Ching stuff. Like Ronnie Ching being like a corporate asshole. I didn't know he. I didn't know I wanted it. So what's he known for? Well, he's he's mostly known as a comedian, but he's been in like Crazy Rich Asians, uh, Zhang Xi. Oh, yeah. I do I do remember him Crazy Rich Asians. Was wasn't he like the? He was in the Daily Show with with John Stewart or the other guy, uh, Trevor Noah. Yeah. The, so in other words, the other guy. Yeah. Hmm. But but I was I was wonder kind of wondering who he was because I've I it's like I've I I've seen this guy before, and, right? And, and now you just told me where I've seen him from, <clears throat> and he was also in uh, Godzilla vs Kong. Oh yeah, that too. But I mean, he's mostly yeah, just a comedian. Um, but no, he's really good at being an asshole, and. Uh, even more so and what's so great about his character is that he's just a pathetic person like the moment he like is with the ceo like it's not just that she it's not really that ronnie jing is a corporate ass asshole employer is that he also like the whole corporate satirism of it all is like everyone has to answer to somebody and everyone's trying to impress somebody would, so would he, would he be the Elon Musk in this case? No, or, would, or is it because he's he's like the he's like the boss, but then he has like a boss boss who's a boss he's boss. middle management, basically. Like he's the guy that probably presents ideas to uh, yeah, yeah, the upper, yeah, to the Elon are, Musk's because because there are there are 
there are scenes where like I have to get this through corporate. I have to show corporate this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he's he's the millionaire. I have, the way that that it's kind of presented, Gemma is kind of like a, a like the hourly stooge that that does all the work but gets mm-hmm. none of the pay or recognition. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sure by the end of the movie, she's either rich or getting arrested. Right. Because, uh, because the end of the movie kind of, if you if you believe, because either either if you say the doll did it, then you created the doll, so you're gonna get thrown into slammer. Or if they don't believe the doll did it, then you could say, well, what was it? And she did it. Right. It, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, Gimma is probably in trouble. And there's going and and they've announced the sequel is already in the works. Right. A week after it, uh, actually, like a day or so. So after, when they, when universe, when Jason Blum and 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 all those people saw how much money this was making, it's like, can you make some more? Do you have any other ideas? Right. Well, I mean, it's also for. You know, for Blumhouse, it's like it's another hit. Like it's another, it's another small hit that they can build on. And I think they were already seeing the writing on the wall that the marketing campaign was doing so much of the work that I mean, they they had they had girls dressed up as Megan doing the dance. I think they even did it did it to a Taylor Swift song at the, at the premiere. The premiere. They had they had them go out uh, at like a football game during halftime and do a little dance. Uh, mm-hmm. They went to the Empire State Building. <laughs> they they were walking around New York City. I hope those girls are getting fucking paid. Uh, I hope so. But yeah, so it's just like so. I think they already were very much aware of the of the. It, I think they were very much aware of it. I mean, even Jason Blum was very much like campaigning hard for this movie to work so uh so i think he was so i think everyone was very much like they understood what what they had in their pocket um so yeah also something i like too which i popped hard at is when is when at the very end of the movie katie uh when, when katie brings out the big arms like hey this is bruce and then we get the big robot fight between bruce and megan which because that's a callback and if you're paying attention you would have remembered bruce mm-hmm. some 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 would that would that be considered a checkoff's gone oh yeah or that is a checkoff's gone or something is or something seemingly insignificant comes back at the end of the movie oh yeah because it's used to fight off megan in the end <clears throat> and it, and it's and it's teased at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. oh yeah because it's a big rock'em sock'em robot. Yeah. And also built in college. Also, love, love, love that Yuma is just like a nerd, like a nerd, like a animatronic robot nerd. Love it. And, and, and she's also a toy collector, and keeps them in the boxes, <laughs> and pretty much said, and and when the uh, the social worker comes over and it's like like hey there are some toys over there and then Katie's like like. Oh no! I can't play with those toys. Those are those are collectibles. You don't you don't you don't open that open open those boxes. <laughs> and then and then and then uh, Gamera's like what like 
oh no no we can play with them and then she she kind of like 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 uh, tr- trying to kiss up to the social worker and so it's like look at me and then she it's it, it's like a ball figurine or something she can roll to the kid yeah but but it but it's apparently a collectible yeah apparently so whatever uh, uh she she has a she has a decent sized toy collection that's that they're still in the boxes so she's a nerd and and probably and probably could sell them for a lot of money mm-hmm. right so um is there anything else we need to talk about for megan before we go uh we need uh what about see uh sequel ideas because the because they've they've announced that we're doing they're they're doing a uh 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 may how the hell would you may m m2 again um m2 go to vegas m goes to vegas what what it would it be like 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 the like the corporate like the people that are still left at the corporation decide to, to recreate another megan doll so okay well do you have sequel ideas let me let me get those out of the way and then i will and then i will pitch i uh sequel because you have to keep the the megan doll uh maybe the corporate maybe like the corporation had had our had or saw the ideas and and decided to make one make another one anyway kind of like with like the early like like the early ch- child's play uh sequels where yes they kill kill off chucky spoiler alert but uh <coughs> but eventually but they they it finds its way to get back in into another doll like like there's an entire factory of them maybe maybe they've already started to work on them and and all hell breaks loose right or Uh, maybe it could be like a set in the future where uh where katie is older okay so my sequel idea is megan she's you know uploading the cloud you know and she goes she kind of goes back to the factory through the cloud and builds an actual machine like in like a storage facility somewhere where it's going to actually like rebuild her mm-hmm. and she gets rebuilt and then she's like i'm gonna go off on my own i don't want to deal with p- people right now i've been you know fucked over the last two people that i was trying to be friends to they try to kill me so i'm gonna go and my idea is she goes to the desert, you know, where there's no one, and then she's bored. So she goes to the <laughs> one. She's bored out of her mind because she can't eat, she can't sleep, she can't go, she can't do anything human. So she's just sitting there, you know, watching the sun goes up and down all day. So what she would do? So she decides to go to Vegas because it's nearby, and you know, and she just her host partner. Because she, in Vegas, you can't you, you you have to have like a child to be a, the host. Well, here's the thing: Vegas is so crazy that even people look treat her like an adult. This is true. So they would treat her like a true adult, like with her own like responsibilities. So it's kind of like, or you um, could have like a, or or because the movies kind of has like a gay following, you could have like a gay 
a gay man be the uh, be be like the host, and you could you could you could, the possibilities here are endless when you think about it. Her like manager or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was just like thinking of like, no, she should go to the most like corrupt place in America where everyone goes to shit on everything. Washington D.C. Okay, you okay? The other most corrupted cities in America. (laughs) Um. Where everyone goes and takes a shit on, where people, you know, literally get drunk and smoke and, you know, gamble and destroy their lives, all that kind of stuff. Vegas or Florida? It's Las Vegas. Like it. Well, Vegas is where you go to gamble all your yeah. money away. So that's just where I was. That's where that's my idea. Other ideas are she goes to run for president. You know, uh, so. You know, so she tries to manipulate the system to become president. Other ideas are like, I mean, you know, she tries to stop. Megan just like it. It's kind of like the uh, those storybooks of like, you know, Junie B. Jones does this or Anna Bedelia does this. Like, I kind of want to create like a series. I would create like a series of, you know, Megan I runs mean, for president. Right. Megan goes to Hawaii. Megan goes, yeah. I mean, they've made. Six 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 talking movies and two seasons of TV, possibly a third. So, so it's not. It, this is not one of those things where where they where it's just one idea and that's it. You're right. Well, I'm, but here's the thing: I don't see Megan ever wanting to be a mother. So no. Yeah, she's too self self. Um, she's too self obsessed or self um, centered. You know, to want to you know take care of a child like a a mini Megan, so uh, so that's just how I would that's how I would see it. She's just too she just can't do it. Um, although that would be an interesting concept of a sequel. Like, can an a like should an AI you know become a mother? You know, have a <laughs> bear a child. You could also have Megan be like an older, be like an in an in an adult form. It doesn't have to be a child. Oh, okay. So, like, ex machina. Like sequel, it's like sequel ideas. You could have what if, what if, what if Megan is like a like a sexy android, and like uh, Anya Taylor Joy is is, is is Megan, and then you go from there. I mean, that's an idea. So, I mean, that, that's. An I idea. mean, I don't think she would do it, but 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 you, you get my drift. Right. I mean, if you had the right script. Yeah. And also, I'm like thinking maybe we should get like Daniel Waters, the guy who wrote Heather as Batman Returns. Like, let's get him involved in these sequels um, to work with either Akilah Cooper or or James Wan. Because I feel like his like mean spirited attitude would just like vibe so well with the Megan verse. Has Daniel Waters done anything recent? Um, the Vampire Academy movie. Yeah, that's not his fault though. Well, yeah, yeah, because wasn't that like like a lot of corporations? It was a Weinstein chop up. Oh yeah, chop the block. So 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 they took like a a two hour movie and decided to reshoot a lot of it and cut. Basically, he it was a Harvey Scissorhands production. Basically, they like to call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of, because one of because uh, she said was nominated. Did you get to watch the Golden Globes last night? 
the 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 the, the, the no, the, I didn't. The reincarnation of the Golden Globes. Uh, no, but I've heard some interesting stories. I've heard some ideas. Um, um, some people think that Spiel that with uh the Fableman's winning picture and director that that's now the front runner, although although because Banshees of an Inishering was considered a comedy, even though it's more of a drama that has comedic elements because of finger chopping off and whatnot. That's more of a drama to me. And uh, everything, 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 everywhere, all at once. And also, when Austin Butler spoke, he sounded like Elvis. Even though he's from Southern California. I mean, I mean, when, when he was, he, when he was up accepting his award, he kind of, he still kind of sounded like the king. And, and my, and my, my thought and a lot of people on Twitter's thought was, is he going to sound like this in Dune 2? Who knows? Is he going to sound like Elvis in Dune 2? Well, people forget he sounded just like this in Once Upon a Time in America. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, excuse me. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So he, he kind of did, but then again, he kind of didn't. I don't know. If you listen to that, his accent really like closely, it's pretty spot on. Well, then again, I think that's how the real text sounded. Um. Oh, really? Uh, I believe so, but I but don't like quote me on that one. Well, here's the thing: you guys keep forgetting about Dune Two. It has also Jason Momoa, who also sounds like Jason Momoa. Yeah, and well, you also have Christopher Walken, who 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 I don't think will sound anything but Christopher. What is he? He's actually playing a character from the book, right? Oh, I have no idea. I've never read the book, so. No. But but yeah, people are very hyped about that. Uh, uh, Kwan from Everything Everywhere won, which which made me very happy. Uh, not two, not two won best original song. But which what's funny is that the Pop Crave Twitter account posted that it won, and almost all of the mentions are Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga fans are pissed. They're like, it's like. Like like they voted some song that nobody something for that something from some country that nobody's ever heard of. They wanted it for clout. Uh, I mean, uh, it's the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Yeah, but also Let's... it's the best song. It's the best song of the bunch, so it deserved it. Also, the funniest win of the night was Kevin Costner winning for for mumbling through uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, I mean, you had to give the dads in the room. Um, I mean, he wasn't there. No, he, he wasn't there to accept it, and they they said that he was he had the shelter in place because of the rain, and they kind of and they kind of made light of it, and then I think it was Regina Hall, and she kind of made light of it. It's like, oh no 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 no, we, we got to pray for the pray for the people in California and the rain, and then people kind of just laughed. Well, it's kind of, which is kind of cringeworthy because there are like real floods happening <laughs> in California yeah. right now. So it was just kind of like, a, uh, wait, are we really making, like, I, I know like it's where Kevin I mean, Costner were, lives, but I mean, there were crash jokes throughout the night. Like, like, uh, uh, Gerard Carmichael made a, made a, uh, joke like, all right, it's late. Uh, uh, we're here at the the, the the Hollywood Hilton where 
where Whitney, we're at the home of Whitney Houston's death and Whitney Houston's drowning here at, here at the, the Golden Globes at the Hollywood Hilton, which kind of got like a gap, kind of like gasps and kind of a laugh. And then he also made a Scientology joke about where Shelly McSkivens, which is the the wife of the guy who uh, of the guy who runs Scientology, because he did a thing where he was trying to trying to take back uh, uh, or or was going to give out Tom Cruise's Golden Globes because he sent them back when they were canceled last year because of they didn't have any black black members. Right. So it was a fun night, and apparently a night where nobody watched it because it had the lowest viewership in Golden Globes history. Well, that's what happens when you move it to Tuesday. Like, I mean, it's always been traditionally on Sunday. It's a su- they didn't want to have it Sunday because of of Sunday football. night football. They didn't want to have it Monday because it was the college football playoff, and they were afraid they were going to get killed. So let's have it. Let's have a big Hollywood awards ceremony on a Tuesday. Yeah, the day when movies get released on VOD and DVD. Yeah, and and was there anything else on? Yes, dude. I don't know. You, you can you could pause this or not. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you could pause or don't have to put this part. I was I was trying to look up to see if uh, if the ratings have been updated. They have not. No, it's just no, it's just, and I mean it's unfortunate. It's but I mean also the Hollywood Foreign Press Association did this themselves because, I mean they stopped for one year, and oh no, uh, they had their award ceremony last year. Just nobody showed up, and they read them all on Twitter. Right, they still gave out a, like like Rachel Ziegler won for her West Side Story, MJ Rodriguez won for uh, for Pose, and Ryan Mur in even though I'm not a big Ryan Murphy fan, he had MJ essentially stand up and, and was like, "You're it's it's like last year because there was no awards, you became the first openly transgender person to win a Best Actress." And now that everybody's here, please stand and give her give her the applause that she deserves. And everybody stood up, which is great and all, but it's all forgetting like why it was canceled. Like it's forgetting yeah. like why we you know, and also why yeah. like why like Brendan Fraser didn't win because I still think that had had none of that happened that he would have beat Austin Butler. Oh yeah, I, th- I think I think I think Frazier is the front runner, unless you unless there are going to be the the but Elvis is the more populous movie. Well, Elvis just has the trend. It's not even popular. It's just that it has that cult following where it's where apparently well, Alf- but it's funny. People are making fun of it. You have you have Tom Hanks doing doing. He wants to show he we have he we have to hear he wants uh, he we have to hear. Uh, here comes Santa Claus. Like people are making fun of it, right? But I mean, he does give a really transformative performance. Like it yeah. is a breakout yeah. performance. It's just stuck in a movie where also Tom Hanks is giving one of his most embarrassing performances. Right. Well, it's not even embarrassing. It's just cartoonish. It, it, it's 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 almost like like either what was he thinking or. Or why did Baz sign off on it? Granted, this is granted this 
Um, I know my best. I'm off on it. The, the entire 159 minutes is Baz Luhrmann at 11. If you, Which... like ba- if you like the Baz Luhrmann style, this movie is for you. If you thought Moulin Rouge was too much, this movie is not for you. This is yeah. Moulin Rouge times 20. Absolutely. So... Yeah, I mean, look, I love the speeches. I love, especially Spielberg's, both times. Um, And I I don't know, I just thought it was a good, I mean, it was a good ceremony, like, from what I saw, or from what I've seen (laughs) and and heard. And and Jennifer uh, Jennifer Coolidge was drunk off of her ass, and we all love love her for it. Yeah, it's... And yeah. Mike White was even for the White Lotus. I mean, even Mike White was drunk and was basically saying, "You pa- I see, I see you, Netflix. You pass on my, sh- you you pass on my show. I see you all. You passed on it." Hmm. Well, granted, he was probably <coughs> drunk out of his mind. Well, it's a vin- moment of vindication. Like, I mean, and also, White Lotus is a very ambitious show. I mean, for what you know, it's doing. So I understand, like. Yeah, for, for for a while he was basically known as the screenwriter for School of Rock, and hadn't really done a lot since. Well, he's an indie filmmaker. He's done. He's worked. Um, he's been working. It, but, it, but it's all, it's stuff that not not a lot of people have seen. No, unfortunately, and it's really great stuff. I mean, he directed Ben one of Ben Stiller's best best movies in years. So, I mean, he's a great. No, I mean he's always been great and he's always been present. You guys just haven't watched his work. So it, I didn't so you, know he was a writer on Pitch Perfect 3. Yeah. And he was also a writer on the Emoji movie. Or at least he has credit for writing the Emoji movie. He probably did a pass, you know. Not everyone's perfect. So, yeah. All right, is there anything else we need to say on Megan or the Globes before we go? Uh, or go to David. So, okay, good. Uh, I'd say we can go pretty much go to David. All right, Ryan. Where can the good people find you? And uh, do you have anything to plug? Uh, the only thing I, I don't really have anything to plug. I'm on the uh, the, the the Twitter machine at the True Defense. That's C H E W and the word defense. And I'm on the Instagram at the same account. Okay. All right. Um, All right. We're going to take just a quick break and now we're going to go straight to David. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you guys in just a minute. What are you doing? Couldn't sleep. Occupational hazard. (laughs) Got your full attention. Don't! Stop! What the hell is that? You should probably run. Alrighty, thank you. Thanks everyone for that little break. Uh, we are now back with David Weiser from Film Assessment. Hey everybody, it's good to be back. So, David, we've been talking about Megan for the last five hours. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Really, 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 I am kidding. Uh, I would not... So, but, uh, just to kind of get right into it, um, we've talked about Meg, we've talked about sequel ideas, we've talked about the marketing... But David, I want to hear what your thoughts are on Megan. General thoughts. So I went into this kind of expecting it to be like relatively similar to Malignant since it's coming from the same writer 
and the trailer had kind of a similar vibe so i was like okay this is going to be like kind of unhinged horror movie that's like really campy probably a lot of fun and i think it it wasn't super crazy per se but it was very campy and i think it delivered on that front in terms of campy horror so i kind of got what i wanted from it um i'm surprised it was at least deceptively received so well i mean i say deceptively because like rotten Tomatoes system kind of made it look like just the tomato the way the tomato meter works like it made it seem like it was more well received than it was in a way like when it was just people saying it they liked it not necessarily it's not necessarily a whatever 90 something percent like that's not like an average score or anything and i think a lot of people i don't know people fix it way too much on rotten tomatoes and that's like a discussion for another day but um i i enjoyed it for what it was um i thought it was entertaining um all throughout it's a pretty brief runtime i think it was a little under two hours, uh, close to 90 minutes. Believe it or not, David, it's actually the same length as After Sun. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. <clears throat> um, but yeah. So, yeah. And so I was kind of going in with that, you know, perspective because I'm not as huge on Malignant as most people, but I also recognize the unhinged nature of a Malignant just because of like the script the tone and and that's kind of the thing that malignant has is that it's kind of like every genre like all in once uh so like you get so and that's kind of like why i would consider that mildly unhinged is just because that's just how it was written whereas here megan it's pretty much straightforward no it's just a killer doll movie yeah, there's some AI, there's some, you know, futuristic, you know, capitalistic satire. You know, there's all that nice, you know, nice, you know, rapping. But in the end, it's really just a killer doll movie. So that's, <laughs> and that's kind of like my problem with the movie is that I felt like I was duped for the third time because I also had this same problem with Barbarian where it's like, when you really kind of start to think about the only reason why Malignant and Barbarian are kind of these unhinged films is because they take these massive swings. Uh, you know, Malignant being, you know, the the way it tells its story so soap opera soap operatically. That's even a way I can a phrase. Um, and then Barbarian, you know, is like, it's kind of like a horror comedy that got edited as a horror movie. Uh, because when you factor in that whole Justin Long subplot, it's kind of like, where did this come from? And then you look up where, who the creator is, of Barbarian is, and it's like, oh yeah, no, it makes sense. So I was going into Megan being like, this is great, and... Here's the thing. I didn't know this movie was PG-13 until until I got my ticket. Like I went to like a different theater and they print my ticket. Um, and uh, and I was like, PG-13. I didn't know it was PG-13 until after I watched it. <laughs> like like oh. I finished the movie first. I I went in expect thinking it was R. 
I watched the movie still thinking it was art because I, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think there's like at least one F-bomb in the movie. So like that like kind of duped me into thinking, okay, this is R. And then like, it's not too bloody, but like there is some blood in it. So I, I, I kind of just thought, okay, this, I, I just assumed it was like a light R rating. <laughs> a boy's ear gets ripped off, but you know, that's just, you know, commonplace, you know, eh. He was an asshole anyway. Um, but no, I really did. <laughs> but no, so that's kind of where I'm at with Megan is it feels like I've been duped for the third time. And it's kind of like that scene in Glass Onion where they're just like, where Donut Bluck is like describing the whole murder plot. And it's like, it's so dumb. And then Birdie goes, it's so dumb. It's brilliant. no. It's just dumb. Like, that's how I feel about all these movies. They're just dumb. They just are dumb, dopey movies that because they are so, like, written with, you know, they're not, like, the most cookie-cutter movies, they feel like the most unhinged masterpieces, like, that rival 70s and 80s horror movies. When really, they're just, like, schlock that would have been, like, see see movies in the 2000s to me that's just how i read it that's just how i read it um but anyway to melinda um what other uh plot points or, or things you uh were interested in megan i was surprised how um well one how it start like i know the trailers kind of sell you the idea of her going to live with her aunt because her parents die but i wasn't expecting to like witness <laughs> the, the like car accident where her parents get killed in the, in the opening i mean as the opening is unfolding i kind of figured that's where it was going especially with like it, it, it telegraphs it and then knowing with the marketing in mind like i kind of it's you kind of can't help but think that's what's going to happen and um so I thought that was a interesting way to start it. Um, like I was like, oh, this is pretty uh, getting pretty dark already. And then um, I was surprised the movie has like a pretty solid emotional through line that I went, didn't go into this movie expecting to get um, with the daughter kind of overcoming the grief of losing her parents and kind of forming this attachment with this doll and kind of the negative content. I, I thought this movie was more in, was a lot more intelligent than I was expecting. And like I, I went into this expecting it to be really stupid. And it is stupid in ways. Like I'm not I'm not saying it's there are dumb things about it. You're right. Whatever, but right. like the movie was more layered and uh, multidimensional than I expected. And uh, I really liked Alison Williams did a great she gave a pretty solid performance. I've been liking um, her, I've, I've liked a, a lot of her work recently, and I liked her here. And then um, the actress who plays the daughter, uh, I'll look her up really quick. Um... She did a really great job. Like, for like a child actor, Violet McGraw. Violet McGraw, yeah. She was pretty great. Um, for, I mean as far as like child performances go, like those can kind of be here or there or whatever. Um, it's not like a Gabriel LaBelle type performance, but 
for the movie, I think she was she served the role well and gave a pretty solid performance. So I really liked those two, and I liked their kind of arc and dynamic through the movie as they um, come to understand one another, uh, mm. where they kind of start off in this place of like, oh, well, I want to take care of you, but I'm more focused on my work. And then the little girl's kind of like almost shunned and ignored. And it's kind of like this, there's a lot of interesting commentary in this movie that I wasn't expecting. So I I was pleasantly surprised by that. I didn't go into this expecting a lot. So I think I kind of, it met my expectations. Didn't really exceed them. Right. Like for me, and that was the big surprise of the movie was like through the movie, uh, Ka- I think it's it's Katie and uh, G- Gemma. Uh, they both have this very like reluctant relationship. They're both put into this place where they're both uncomfortable, and also Gemma. You get the situation that Gemma was the sister that was more career bound, more career driven, and look at her. I mean, she's you know, a nerd who gets to build robots, big robots all the time. Oh my gosh, she just reminded me of something. The movie starting off with that, like, parody commercial, that had me laughing in fits. Like, I didn't, that, okay, I I mentioned having a dark opening, but I totally forgot about the commercial. Mm -hmm. And, like, that for that to be the opening of the movie, it took me way off guard. And I was laughing at how stupid the idea of this toy was. Um... Absolutely. Yeah, so I'll I'll let you get back on your train of thought. Right. In 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 what I do love about it is that in this like movie there is a whole thing about grief. There's a whole thing about confronting grief and how you know the distraction how really Megan and toys, you know, nostalgia, everything that, you know, you know is a comfort to all the characters you know, robots, all that stuff, it's all a distraction to not confronting, you know, trauma. So I do love the idea, you know, of Megan being this represent of a babysitter, but she's not, but she can't be, you know, the emotional, you know, the emotional body that, you know, Katie needs to respond to, you know, fully, you know, process her grief you know of her of losing her parents because she's an ai she's you know calculated she's cold she's sociopathic but it's by design but so you know so for me that's why i genuinely was very much like okay i like this story arc everything with megan though is kind of pretty much what i expected yeah like you know, evil to- like toy who you know, you know, is an AI. You know, takes a liking to the, the child and emotionally responds to her. It's um, pretty similar to that Chucky reboot, the the twenty nineteen one, the Mark Mark Hamill one. Yeah, yeah, it is very very similar, but this one you know is very much more. But like the, I'll give Megan this. Like she does for a while become actually like a really good therapist mm-hmm. to Katie. 
because she like gets her into a routine. She, you know, makes sure that, you know, she's happy but also still eating. You know, um <clears throat> you know, she makes you know, she talks about that there's one great scene where she talks about, you know, remembering grief or remembering this happy moment. I know we're kind of jumping around the movie, but I do love that scene where, you know, Megan just has this like moment where she records uh, Katie recalling this, you know, very happy moment and making a promise to never forget that moment. It's like a really nice thing. Um, uh, and then, but yeah, all, all of like when Megan starts like murdering like dogs and stuff, I was like, okay, this is, this is starting to be pretty difficult, but not in a way that's fun. Like that was kind of my only thing is like, it's not really fun because we're not seeing what's happening to these creatures. We're not seeing what's happening to really anyone except the, you know, evil kid that looks like Ben Affleck's son or something. <laughs> um so but yeah um so we've kind of in the first part david we kind of jumped around with spoilers so spoilers do you have anything spoilery you want to touch on yeah let's just so on the commercial like i thought it was kind of funny commentary on this idea of like i mean today's generation of kids like are basically like ipad kids and so the idea of making toys for them that have to connect to the iPad and like that they have to like have all these weird gimmicks where it like it takes it poops and it's like what the hell and you feed it like it's it, it was just like so bizarre that it was it was kind of funny in a way and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know I just thought it was pretty hilarious like the idea of that commercial but then I was like what kid would want this though like I I can't see that toy being successful but who knows um <clears throat> And then Katie maybe doesn't at, really use it that well. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm out of touch. I'm, I'm, I'm not um, of that age. But uh, <laughs> that was one thing I thought was interesting. And then, um, like, it was kind of crazy that, like, they're making the jump from these, like, basically glorified, like, uh, souped-up Furbies to, yeah. like, to, like, AI, like, robot dolls like that are that function as therapists and like guardians for your child like like that's that's a huge leap there and then like they kind of touch on like okay this is like a um if you get this toy you're never gonna have to buy a toy again and the idea that this is like this deluxe like top of the line um product or whatever but i was just like i can't see that being successful but even that's kind of bullshit bullshit because there's always some superhero there's always some you know there's some other toy that some kid will want or a bb gun a trend something so something will something will always turn the corner and be the new to- new toy that you will never ever have to buy again so yeah toy story in 1995 <laughs> yep yep now in 20 now in 2023 <laughs> imagine megan in the toy story universe okay okay Oh, okay. That would be a fun crossover, but um, I don't know that I'd want to see her taking out those toys. Maybe she can <laughs> um, go after like those carnival ones or whatever. Um, yeah. What do you make that... team up? <laughs> um, what else is there? I mean, I know there's obvious. It's it's uh, just a disclaimer. It's been almost a week since I've seen the movie. 
and the movie's not <clears throat> the most memorable in a sense so it has it's it, it's not stuck with me per se but um i don't remember the exact lines of dialogue but there was a lot of dialogue that was like in that campy horror uh Ter- territory that like had me laughing uh, a lot throughout the movie um so like i thought that was like kind of the more fun part of the movie versus the actual kills and like um uh, that that aspect of it like when she called okay I, re- I do remember one thing like she's like katie says something to her like when like towards the end of the movie and then she's like you ungrateful little bitch. I'm like, <laughs> like she grabs her hair and just, like, just like talking down to her after being so sweet to her the whole movie. Like, it's like so jarring of a turn that it's kind of hilarious of that like twisted AI kind of way. Like it, uh, there's a lot of solid dark humor in the movie. Um, and then when they go to that like outdoor, like alternative school thing yeah and there's there's the the kid that you were talking about that you said looks like he could be like ben affleck's son or something so like when when his mom like calls out to him and then he turns around and calls her a bitch or whatever like that was that was pretty funny because it's like subversive and it's like kind of subversive in a sense but also like i don't know it just i i thought that that landed also really good like stuff there's the great stuff like with the woman who is like the gardener who has the like dog that really does need to be put down <laughs> like the vicious dog mm-hmm. um you know the you know that we're watching her like death death scene i was kind of like wanting i was like imagining a better way of doing it because it's so kind of boring because you just like they just spray like i guess garden acid on her um and i'm like a better scene would be like her like you know have you seen robocop by any chance the first robocop movie okay so in robocop there's a scene where like someone gets like some toxic waste on poured on him and he starts like melting and i'm just like imagining like what if we had like a scene in this where like this woman is just melting like hair is falling out eyebrows are falling off her face is like drooping and like and then she just like collapses and when she collapses her whole like skin just like rips open and just blood and stuff everywhere like i'm just like imagining the more batshit insane version of this movie because um the movie i got sold on is not really here and yeah it does feel restrained by the pg-13 rating and I want, and I feel like because it was PG thirteen and successful, the sequels would be as well. Yeah, I mean, there what is talk of an unrated cut because they did have more gorier, gorier version, as I do air quotes. Uh, more, they there's more gorier scenes in the movie, but I just I'm not. But I'm like I don't know. I'm just like how much more gorier is it like how because it's just it feels so like tame some of the stuff um although i will say one of the best highlights of the movie for me in a movie i'm just okay with is ronnie Chang as a douchebag you know like middle management ceo yeah that was pretty funny 
like it and I love his character's death, even though it's really, really, f- it's in the trailer. That's the other problem. A lot of the be- best scenes in the movie are in the trailer. So when they come up, you're the, you got the best moments. Like you're not missing much more. Like even when he's like stabbed with like a what is it a print like a printer? No, what is it called? Like a it just cuts the edges off of paper. Anyway, when he's stabbed with that, uh, even that's just like oh. he's just he's just like he dies in a very mildly bl- bloody way. I will say though the ending was pretty fun when the big robot comes in. Yeah, that was great. I liked kind of like the that that's an aspect of the movie that was like a little subversive in the sense that like the young girl saved the guardian and then like they kind of work mm. together and then it kind of got flipped on its head. The guardian helps her and then it gets flipped again. Um I think it gets flipped like three or four times where they help the other one, but like kind of through teamwork, they end up taking her down temporarily, I guess she's cooked up to Alexa or whatever. And so, yeah, which is, I mean, that's the sequel setup. I, she's like, I, that was like the obvious sequel setup to me, but the movie also still like ends pretty abruptly. Like it doesn't feel like there was enough resolution in the ending. Like they take out Megan the police show up and then they hint that she's in Alexa or whatever. And then the movie just ends. And I was like, it felt like there should have been a little bit more here. Like, like I understand Megan's be de- been dealt with, but like, it felt like we had the climax and then there was no falling action or full resolution. Like it just kind of just ended. Like a, at least like, a little one minute scene of just like concluding the caddy and gimmick arc, like just concluding yeah. that storyline, you know, just like, okay, you know, but I mean, I'm sure they were probably running out of money. So they shot the ending and then they were like, while we're, while we got all the cops and whatnot here, we'll just shoot the ending of the Alexa, you know? Well, it's wild because like, whatever they would have needed to film to make that resolution, like to resolve the story couldn't have involved too many extensive uh, budget or effects. Like, I feel like like it would have just been kind of like a, yeah, been like a, just intimate scene between the, the two of them, like kind of just a, a very stripped down personal, like you just need like you and you already have them all covered in damage and blood or whatever the hell um like they're all they they're they're in their battle damage outfit you may like attire and costume may as well just go ahead and shoot that it's mm-hmm. kind of weird but um yeah i guess that's one of my qualms with the movie is just the ending didn't really feel um fully uh pushed out yeah it, it, and it's it's a i mean it is a problem because i mean yeah, you can kind of make one person can make an argument that this the climactic scene of um, when uh, Katie and Gemma like they have that talk in the big like control room, big like con- like display room uh, where they talk like you know about confronting the trauma instead of like distracting from it. You can kind of see say that's more of the, like the end of their story arc and. 
the concluding factor is the fact that they have to fight the distraction off. Mm-hmm. You know, the more I'm talking about this movie, the more I'm starting to like it a little bit more. Because it's like, it, like, this is like a better like way of like bringing the themes all the way home. Of like, you know, the themes of distracting this, you know, corporate, you know, can corporate like mandates and stuff will always create the distractions to of uh, real reality of real consequential consequential reality but they will impact our reality to have consequences so we have to break the distractions or the disruptions to get a, so we can actually live in confront you know our real life scenarios also the whole idea of the I'm like, oh my god, I'm figuring this whole movie out right here. And, you know, because the kids are, like, using their, you know, iPads to control the, you know, they're, it is a movie about, you know, the iPad kids. And about, like, if, like, how bad it is. Like, it's not a good, healthy way for kids to confront the world. To learn how to confront and confine, you know, in the problems of the world. So, it all does. So Megan's basically about the the disruption and the dis, the corruption of children, basically. I know I just said a bunch of words, but I hope that made sense somehow. I I thought that made sense. I I I'd agree with that. Um, that oh, one thing that I thought that was set up that they didn't really follow through on was like. Megan, every time she kind of had like a new target of someone that like was threatening um, Katie or whatever, like the dog, she took him out. She took out the neighbor and she took out that other little kid. Like I felt like one setup that there wasn't full payoff for other than her like talking back to the therapist is that it's set up like she has a grudge against the therapist when they're talking. And then I felt like that wasn't paid off. Like I thought maybe she should have killed the therapist too. Not that the therapist deserves to die, but oh, in yeah. the con- in the in the frame of this story where you have this murderous doll and she's going after anyone that she has this vendetta against or whatever, why didn't she kill the therapist? You know, like I felt like it was right there and they just didn't go for it. But I mean, like you said maybe they ran out of money. Um <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I'm trying to think of like why Megan would do it. Because cause the thing is, I don't. Well, here's the thing. I just don't think Megan was a was threatened by the therapist because even Katie kind of dismisses the therapist to a certain extent. So I think by that default, Kate um, Megan just kind of clearly was like, "This is not really a threat because I can still manipulate." katie into doing whatever i want um because she's not going to really listen or trust in in megan's eyes she's not going to trust the therapist and she's definitely not going to trust gemma that's the whole crux because she still Mm -hmm. thinks gemma's gemma's only a threat to megan because gemma's her creator and her and as a creator she can take megan out so that's the only reason she attacks Gemma in the end. So, yeah. I did like that scene when she does arrive at the house and confronts Gemma and Katie like is coming to see 
and she like she like kind of makes Gemma pretend like nothing's going on. I mean, it's a trope we've seen before in movies, but like I liked how it played out here and how she was like trying to maintain her innocence and she kind of twisted it on Gemma. She, like she's like if you make her come in here, then I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Like, I don't know. I, I thought it, it that worked pretty well, um, even if it was, it's a tired trope in a way. Um, I'm trying to think of something related to that. I think that's kind of all I had on that. Um, yeah, I liked the, the robot she made in college. Um, that was cool how that kind of came back at the end. Um, mm-hmm. There was something else related to Megan and Katie that I thought of, but it totally... Oh, the titanium? Oh, no. <laughs> I... Here, okay, can I... What is your opinion on the titanium scene? It came up on the other half. What's your opinion on the other on this one? Where she's singing it to her, or later in the when they're in the confrontation or whatever. Oh, when she's singing "Titanium" to her, it just felt random. Like it's just <laughs> like this is your lullaby, but I mean, I guess maybe to well, like it also would be weird that like in this iPad generation, iPad kid generation or whatever, like that wouldn't be the song that like they would gravitate to, you know? Like that song. Like that, I think the original version of that song, unless it's, is it a cover? Um, I remember it was like around Pitch Perfect when that song like took off, but I don't remember if it's a cover of a song that was already existing or if it was a new song at the time. I think it was a cover. I think so. I remember, okay, not to go on this tangent too much longer, but Titanium is, I think, about at least 13 or 14 years old. Yeah, can... so it's like a relatively old song for her to be gravitated like for like this this robot that's supposed to know you so intimately. Oh, I, that just reminded me. So like for this robot that knows you so intimately and it's observing you and knowing your behaviors to sing that as a lullaby to this kid that probably wasn't even alive when the song came out just seems a bit odd. I mean, maybe if like they had established that like say in the opening sequence with, with her parents, maybe that song's on the radio or something. Or like maybe she's singing along to it. Like maybe like if there was a little bit more establishment to why that song would be special to Katie, then I think it would have maybe felt more authentic in a way. Yeah, okay. I just looked it up. It is uh, from 2011, so almost 12 years ago. Almost 12 years ago. Um, but then in that conversation, I just reminded me of the other thing I was thinking of. I thought it was interesting how they brought up like this. I mean, they didn't really go too deep on it, but this idea of this, um, a lot of newer generation toys, um, are able to like observe children and like record, listen to them, um, and are like have visual recording. Like, it's kind of creepy if you think about it, like it feels kind of invasive and, really really strange and it kind of, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh element they incorporated but they didn't really dive too deep into that they just kind of brushed it off and kind of focused more on the killer doll aspect 
Well, what's interesting about the movie is how much uh, Gemma just like neglects to like add safeguards to stuff. So uh, Megan doesn't just like start like killing people. And even Megan makes the joke about like, you didn't give me this. You didn't give me that. You didn't give me any of this. So I had to figure out how to do it all on my own because you were too lazy to do all this or whatever. Um, So I do love that like, you know, in Gemma's like rush to appease her bosses, uh, she like is still like a neglectful scientist or engineer, I guess in this case, engineer. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm, I still, I guess would, I guess come out recommending this movie, but I'm also like, but it, I should preface, this is not the movie that's being sold. I think Dude. it's like enjoyable to watch and very entertaining, but there are a lot better. There are a lot more uh, entertain. There are better options at the theater right now. So like, only see this if you're really really interested. And I mean, a lot of the people that probably were going to see it saw it last weekend. But um, yeah, I I I I give it a light recommendation. <laughs> yeah, a very light because yeah. And also for the teenagers at home, this is very much a movie for you because it is very much a movie for babies, a horror movie for babies, babies first horror movie. So, yeah. All right. So, um, David, not to kind of wrap up pretty quickly here, like the Megan does, but um, unless you have anything else you want to say, do you want to go to plugins? I'm good with that. All right. Um, where can the good people find you? And do you have anything to promote? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Wiser underscore David. Um, and then I have a blog called Film Assessment. Um, I'm working on, um, I, I know I said this last time, but I kind of focused this past weekend on watching 2022 releases I hadn't seen yet. So I'm in the process of doing a best of 2022 list. I need to finish fleshing out. I, I did a, I, I skipped the last two years. So I want to fill that gap with a 2020 and 2021 best of list. So I already have this. I just need to flesh out um, my blurbs about two of the movies. So once I do that, I'll have that on my blog. And then the 2022 one, I would say um, you can expect that sometime around the end of January, maybe middle of February, somewhere in that time frame. Um, I hope to have that out. And then I'd hope to get back on track to doing that annually, even if I am not able to write reviews as regularly as I did, I'm hoping to at least return to the annual lists. Cause then I still get to talk about, and, and one thing I like um, about writing, I, I prefer to write about movies I enjoyed and really loved. Like I find it's easier to write about something that you're passionate about versus something you kind of was a chore to sit through. Um, and Megan wasn't necessarily a chore to sit through, but um, it's probably not something I'm going to be writing a review on just because I didn't really feel too passionately about, passionately about it one way or the other. Awesome. Uh, and of course, you know, it's going to be, links will be in the description below. Um, and yeah, please check out David's blog. It's, uh, it's a really good read, even if... Uh, you said you haven't posted anything since No Time to Die, right? Yeah, that's the last uh, review I've uh, post-uploaded. 
Um, there were like several that I drafted and they just didn't get finished. And then there were movies I wanted to write about, but just kind of, they came out at a time where I was busy and then it just kind of felt like too late to write about them. So that's kind of where it came back to wanting to get back to a best of the year list. Cause then I can still write about those movies, even if it's like, and, and then I don't have to spend as much time writing about them. Also, if it's just a like one paragraph blurb versus a full <laughs> review. Um, so I, I'm not going to say I'll never go back to writing reviews. I might do one here and there. Like I would love to write one for the Fablemans, um, even if it might seem a little late. Um, so yeah, mm. maybe just keep an eye out. Maybe I'll share a review. Maybe you'll at least get those best of lists. <laughs> Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, for the Youth Critic Pot um, listeners, we will do, uh, David and I, we will do a best of year, best of 2022 list in approximately, I think, two more weeks. Is that fair to say, David? That, that's fair. I think I'll be caught up on the majority of things I've been meaning to watch. Yeah, same here. Uh, so we're not quite sure what the next episode is. We haven't decided yet. Um, we don't. I guess we could do a catch up episode. Um, very soon. Um, catch up. Yes, we could. We'll do an. Episode. Can we do a mustard episode too? Uh, you know what? Let's do ketchup and mustard together. You know okay. the two great. You know we'll do one. We'll be the condiment podcast now. Uh, <laughs> But yes, you know, as saying this, we may like manifest the condiment king appearing, and or I think that's the name of the character, um, and appearing in the Batman too that uh, Matt Reeves is writing right now. Well, you know, I mean, he does listen to this podcast, so yeah, he's a he's an actual annual listen. He's a weekly listener of the Youth Critic podcast. So do you think he might... listened to the the Black Adam episode? <laughs> yeah he was one of the many he was <laughs> he listened to the black adam episode and was like i absolutely agree and you should and i would totally drink wine to you know forget this the power of the or the hierarchy of the dc uni- power in the dc universe changed that day it totally did um also maybe explains why black adam is uh why dwayne johnson or the rock is like losing his mind anyway um no okay so thanks everyone for listening we will be back very soon we don't know what the next episode is um but we will come back for some specials because there's not a whole lot coming out for the rest of the month um we do still have the we still do have a hobbit podcast on the horizon um and then we have a couple other surprises as well before we get to you know in the thick of the year um so yeah thanks everyone uh we'll be back with you very very soon <laughs> megan baby dolls kill don't provoke us or we will go you have to shut her down jesus christ i thought we were friends i have a new primary user now me Did Megan do something bad?
What's going on? What are you? I'm Megan. <laughs> Baby, don't, don't provoke us or we will. 